Episode 4 for the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast for November 12th. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, from the SpiderManCrawlSpace.com. And we've got uh, a packed show this time. We've got uh, JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. He's broadcasting in New Jersey. Welcome, JR. Uh, I'm the one who's in Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, that's a coin toss, Cleveland or New Jersey. I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I've been to Cleveland, trust uh, me. The, vo- <laughs> the other voice you're hearing is, is Eric from SamRuby.com. Yeah. Welcome, Eric. <laughs> uh, hello. You're, you're broadcasting from New Jersey. I apologize. Unfortunately. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is uh, Morbius, and he's broadcasting from Kentucky. Welcome, Morb. Hello, hello, hello. And Zach, a.k.a. Spidey Dude, is from Texas. Welcome. Hey, guys. How are you doing? All right. And I'm Brad, uh, the webmaster of Spider-Man Crawl Space, and I'm broadcasting from Missouri. So we talked a little bit before. We're broadcasting from, I guess, five states. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Let's hit the first topic. It's uh, the Spider-Man 3 movie trailer went online uh, on Thursday. And uh, what's your thoughts on it? We'll start with Eric's trailer. It was it was okay. It wasn't I, I wasn't blown away by it like some other people were. I thought the the second movie was a little better. Yeah. Um, I don't like the point where they're trying to make the Sandman the killer of Uncle Ben now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Bell Tower scene that that, could, that looked very good, mm-hmm. and I can see where they're coming from. Not displaying Venom. Uh, at all in the trailer, they're making people wait for the movie. Um, it, it was it was good. Yeah, it was just I just had a thing with the the Sandman being the killer of Uncle Ben now. If that's where they're truly going. They, uh, what I've read, at least at rumor sites, is about that maybe the burglar worked for Sandman, possibly. But yeah, yeah, they've revealed it all. Kind of teasing us, you know. They're making you want to get a little upset and go out and see yeah. it and stuff like that. So, what do you think of the black suit? Yeah, we had a pretty good view of the black suit, Eric. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was all eye candy at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, the bell tower scene was great. Yeah. Jr., were you able to see the trailer? Uh, yes, I was. Um, like uh, like Eric, I'm a bit uh, more guarded in my praise. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it's the law of diminishing returns. I mean, we were all really geeked out when the first movie came out, and and. Uh, I remember that when the teaser for number two came out and the camera pulled back from Alfred Molina's point of view and then Doc Ock started climbing the tower, that I just um, that was a, a real uh, fanboy moment for me. Uh, this one just kind of left me a little bit, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating the film, but I'm not, uh, not I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat like I was the last time. Yeah. Um, as far as any of the plot points. Uh, I'll just probably wait and see the film and try and not try to uh, evaluate the plot based on um, you know two and a half minutes. So I mean, as far as the um, they did have some shots uh, with Cliff Robertson and the actor who played the burglar in the um, in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it's not like Sandman's the only one involved. I mean right. they they are they are bringing that actor back. So you know I'll just wait and see how it pans out. But right now it's it, it's guarded optimism. Right, I, I'm I'm with you, Spidey dude. What do you think of it? Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but like I said, like everybody else has been saying about the burglar not being the killer, that, that kind of hacked me off a little bit. Just, mm-hmm. just I was kind of guarded, but all in all, I thought it was it was looking good. Uh, of course, it's, I don't think it's 
uh, anywhere near finished. I think the Harry scenes were looking really good. Kind of interesting seeing him uh, laying on the table and with the uh, uh, with the neck brace, and, right. and uh, that kind of has me. I'm really intrigued by the Harry plot. I'm really kind of intrigued about the uh, costume plot. Sandman, uh, he, he looks good. I just like I say the um, the uh, burglar thing kind of left me off. Like kind of put yeah. me off a little bit. So. All right, Mort, what's your thoughts? Well, I enjoyed the trailer. Um, I thought there were a couple places where they slipped up, but I still think, <laughs> unlike apparently everybody else here, that it had the potential to be the best of the three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind Sandman being the killer. Um, right. And here's why. Because I think they did this right in the first movie. We saw what we all wanted to see. We got the original story and everything. But um, this way we get a new story with the black suit and everything coming in and we get to really see the power of revenge on a good person mm-hmm. um, but the two places I thought they really slipped up with the trailer was uh, one that we didn't see any of the Stacys and yeah. uh, that love triangle they keep playing up we you know we saw a little shot of Gwen mm-hmm. and that was all we saw um, and also I, I understand on one level they want to save Venom for the movie but the fact that they've been playing him up so far and that's what everybody's anticipating so much they should have given us a glimpse I didn't expect a full revelation, but give me a glimpse, for God's sake. Yeah, at the San Diego convention, evidently those fans had a glimpse of Venom. Yeah, that's I why I was expecting to see something in the trailer. Yeah. I figured since they'd already shown footage that long ago that they would put yeah. that in there. So I was kind of let down by that. Yeah, I, I'll give you my view. I, I like parts of it, and I was underwhelmed by others. I, mainly the Venom aspect, uh, not showing Venom when they've already shown it to a big portion of fans at San Diego. And all, all those people online have been able to see are the little avatars that are pixelated beyond belief, and you can barely <laughs> see a tongue coming at you. But I was, I was hoping we'd see Venom. And, and again, I'm not really fond of the Harry costume. I mean, go, go Hobgoblin. I didn't like the Green Goblin costume in the first one either, but go a little bit more than a skateboard. <laughs> he looks like the rocket racer a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think Harry should have been a goblin. I mean, I understand... You know, you don't want to repeat the first film. Uh, there's, you know, marketing and licensing considerations. But, uh, you know, that's Harry's destiny. Harry's destiny is to be a goblin. And, yeah. you know, that's, uh, and of course, without giving any spoilers away, I mean, we all know what Harry's fate was in the comics. Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's, he's flirting with being a, a, the white rocket racer. Yeah. And JR's the biggest white goblin rocket racer. There. <laughs> Eric, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh no, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just laughing at the the uh, white rocket racer comment. Yeah. <laughs> he does look like the rocket racer. They, you know, they could spin it off and do a Legion of Losers movie too if this one. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I thought they were just intimidated by the fact that nobody liked the costume in the first movie. That they just said, "That's it. We're just not going to have any costume." Yeah. Well, well, everybody hated it. It looked like a Power Ranger suit. Did anybody like it? I'm, I wasn't a fan. Mm, oh, that was awful. Yeah. No, no, not really. <laughs> More of an made, it, made a cool-looking action figure, but it didn't look too good on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. Well, any final words, guys, on the trailer before we move on? I think we covered it. Okay. All right. Uh, second topic we're going to talk about is Spider-Man Websites 101. And since we have <coughs> from SamRuby.com, we're going to talk a bit about his website. So actually one of the first ones I, I visited, along with SpiderFan.org, when I first went online looking for Spider-Man. So... Uh, Eric, talk a bit about the origins of your website. How did you guys get st- how'd you get started? Well, it was uh, near the uh, second half of 1997. I was just looking for something to do, 
I have uh, many family relatives in the computer uh, industry, and there's you know I almost became an art major in, in school, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something graphics-wise, so I went on something that I had an interest in, and I saw a bunch of Spider-Man sites and and other comic-related sites, so I just decided to start off something slowly. It was never meant to be anything uh, large, so I just started something on a GeoCities-hosted uh, site, mm-hmm. and I seen some people comment, and I started getting emails on it, and basically gave me confidence in that what I was doing was uh, I must have been doing something good. <laughs> so I just progressed from there, and it just became a monster. Yeah. You know, it, it's very difficult to keep up with um, well over 15,000 files on the site, yeah. and it's just it's somewhat out of control, yeah. but how, it, it's very you, difficult. How did your love of Spider-Man start? How did that all begin? It, it was slow. I started collecting comics full-time in 1978, Yes, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm about the same year. <laughs> yeah, uh, my first Amazing Spider-Man was uh, 180, the last part of the uh, Bart Hamilton Goblin, uh, I guess five-parter. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Spider-Man wasn't my favorite character at that point. It was really? Fantastic Four and Iron Man, but he grew over the years. It was the first. It was the first set that I completed in 1990 I completed the Amazing Fantasy 15 Spider-Man 1 through present collection right. and so that must have said something about my likeness for the character because yeah. it was the first set I completed and I think it was basically the overall uh, I guess what I call Spider-Verse that just grew on me mm-hmm. the uh, the villains mostly Yeah, I feel very strongly that there's some people say the Flash has a better rose gallery some people say Batman I don't think it comes close I think Spider-Man. I mean, they're, mo- they're the most colorful villain- villains, uh, mostly created by Ditko. Uh, anything after after that was not really as colorful, in my opinion. But basically, it just grew and grew over time. It wasn't like right off the bat. <laughs> kind of like your site. It just grew and grew. So, guys, do you have any Thanks. questions for Eric about his website? Uh, no, but I would like to say something uh, about Eric's site. Uh, that uh, I, I, f- I find it to be an invaluable. Uh, research tool. Um, it's a, um, you know, I mean, because I have I have a bunch of long boxes sitting behind me, but it's a real pain to like rifle through and and pull something out. But uh, if I wanted like a like know uh, when a certain issue came out or who was in a certain issue, uh, I know I can run there real quick and find something. So uh, so kudos to you, Eric. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Any, any questions for Eric since we got him on the line? Um, yeah, well, I, it was one of the first that I discovered too. So you know, it's like it's been kind of like a the bar that's been set for every other spider side, them and dot org. So, so you you certainly set a high bar for us. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Well, more of any any closing comments. We'll move on to another site of focus for the website origins. I'm actually pacing through the bios section right now, and I have to say, there's a lot of detail here, and some of the, or really some of the best bio information I've seen around the internet. I'm actually specifically looking at Morbius' bio, which, uh, no, of course, I'm a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, so, how, long you, how, how often do you spend on the site a week? In, in uh, it, it differs. It differs. It's going through a revamp now. It's uh, I'm going through the the cover. The cover-comic galleries are being upgraded. The profiles are going to follow probably early next year. They're going to be updated. They're going to be revamped. 
and, uh, and rewritten the, characters. Going to be a new character appearance uh, format. Right. Uh, they're going to be up to date. Uh, but right now, all the the major books are upgraded. The quality of the scans are very, very high right now. Right. And so it takes. It's I, I work in batches, so it's hard to say. Yeah, I might same, do some. <laughs> yeah, I, I might do like two, three hours in a row, but I might spread that over four or five days. Uh, before we move on to the next site, tell everybody the the origin of SamRuby.com. <coughs> where, where did SamRuby.com come from? Oh, SamRuby. Oh, I was looking for a name for a site. I didn't know what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I first had on GeoCities, of course. You know, they just assign you GeoCities, whatever, 5309, whatever. And I, my two dogs, I just <laughs> had, had a dog named Sam, a Dobrin Pincher, and a Borzoi named Ruby. So I just, yeah. okay, Sam Ruby. So, and yeah. I changed, uh, I got the Spider-Man Info domain, because I didn't want, you know, as time goes on, I didn't think it was going to last this long, I didn't want the site to be remembered, at, you know, the, uh, that's the site named after two dead dogs, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're both gone right now. Yeah. So and, it's, and you said the, uh, uh, that you get the letters all the time from uh, little kids asking questions about Spider-Man, like, can he come to your birthday party, stuff like that. Oh yeah, they have uh, they have certain diseases. They want me to talk. I mean, uh, I feel bad. I mean, I don't know how many are legitimate. I get a lot of a lot of wacko questions on there. A lot of uh, I I can't repeat what they say. Sometimes I have my little comment box on the site. You uh, you know I can't obviously I can't repeat, but yeah, what a state of there. There's some. The, the message board gets them too every now. <laughs> oh well. <yeah. laughs> All right, let's talk to Jr. Uh, SpideyKicksButt.com. Origins of your site. How did you come up with the name of it first? Yeah, including where did you come up with that stupid name? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I um, the um, it was uh, late in the uh, second half of 1998. Um, I just gotten a uh, computer. Uh, at work, actually, and uh, back then they didn't worry about where we where we went on it. It was just here, play with it and get used to it. Um, you know, so I started you know surfing and uh, looked through some of the message boards and other Spider-Man sites, and and there were two things that kind of uh, stuck out. One, uh, there was a lot of ragging going on uh, about Mary Jane and about Norman Osborn. Um, with Mary Jane, I think it was mostly Marvel. I don't think the fans have really ever ragged on her too much. Uh, but it was, you know, a lot of this, well, and this is just before they decided to try to kill her off. Um, Which time? <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Amazing Volume 2, number 13. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is about a year or so before that. But... Um, you know, the writers, you know, they were saying things like, well, I don't really see how, you know, people, readers can relate to a guy who's married to a supermodel. And then, of course, they, they promptly come up with plots where she's being a supermodel, as if that's the only <laughs> occupation they think an attractive woman can get, you know. I mean, she, she's got to be a supermodel, either that or a streetwalker. Um, so, yeah, you know. They dumped the comics code. They wanted to go with that storyline. <laughs> yeah. Frank Miller logic right there. And, uh and uh, so, you know, I just said, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to kind of, you know, go through the history here. And, and, and basically that's where the Mary Jane series came from, was just kind of looking at that relationship and, and how she was really meant to be Spider-Man's true love. And, and basically, you know, wh where she had been going wrong, and it was, it was the use of the character, not the character itself. Um, 
the second on Norman Osborne, uh, of course, you know, that's, that's my, you know, my bias. I mean, I'm a big fan of Norman, but, you know, people are writing things like, you know, they didn't agree with Norman coming back, which, which is a legitimate thing, but they were saying things like, oh, he's a Lex Luthor clone, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm thinking, now, wait a minute, Norman was wearing a coat and tie, and, uh, you know, when Lex Luthor was still wearing a, a purple and green jumpsuit with rocket boots. So, um, you know, I decided to, to kind of, you know, spell out kind of what Norman's history was. And that kind of, that, that was, the, those were the, the twin, I guess, the twin inspiration for starting the site. But it was, it was going to be more than Spider-Man. It was going to be Star Trek, sci-fi. It was going to be a lot of things. It was going to be called something else. And Spidey Kicks Butt was just a head, a line introducing the Spider-Man section. It was just Spidey Kicks Butt. And then, of course, I went to the narrative. Well, I, years ago, I asked the, the Spider-Man hype to link to me, and that was one of the day when they were really a Spider-Man hype, uh, Spider-Man site, not part of the Hollywood shill machine. Right. And um, <laughs> so they linked to me, and they, call, they they said Spidey kicks butt. It's like, oh God, you know, they're going to call it that. <laughs> and uh, but I, you know, I, I just like I said, you know, my site's name is the Mad Goblins Ward, you know. Yeah. And, but uh, and then Hero Realm found me, and they wanted me to write for them, and I said, yeah. And so they started referring to the column as Spidey Kicks Butt. And, it, and it's like, you know, I said, no, that's not. But, but then, you know, after a while, the Spider-Man part took over everything else. One, I just did not have time. Just didn't have time for all the other stuff. I decided to focus on Spider-Man because that was getting the most feedback. And really, it was just lack of coming up with a better name. It was like, well, you know, it's, that's what people know it as now. And, you know, and uh, the SKB makes it kind of a cute little acronym. And, you know, and the domain name was available. You know, imagine that. Not a whole lot of people going after SpideyKicksButt.com. I don't think there's and, even an X-Men <laughs> And so, And so basically, you know, no, I, I didn't spend two hours in my mother's basement thinking up that name. Uh, it, it just kind of happened, and it was foisted on me. And, you know, it's, it's one, that, uh, one that I've learned to live with, and, uh, and, uh, and, that, and that's fine. Spidey Dude, uh, you also have the SpideyDude.com uh, domain. So how, how, what's the origin of Spidey Dude? Uh, the origin of Spider actually started off as my dad, um, but he uh, made the site. He put some pictures up, made some wallpapers, and and uh, eventually he uh, gave the site to me. It was kind of a, like a little present to me. Yeah. And uh, we we couldn't think of a better name, so we we thought of that one. And uh, <laughs> I'm noticing a theme. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it was just a cute little name, you know, for like a, you know, 13-year-old. Ooh, that really sounds cool. So it kind of had the cool effect on it, and then we just bought the domain name, and, and it's kind of took off ever since, even though I have yet to update it. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. We're going to ask about that. Uh, you had some computer problems, it seems, over the month. Yes. Yeah. Can we look forward in November at another update with the SpideyDude.com? Yeah, probably around Thanksgiving. What's going to be coming on the site? Um, the, uh, there's, we're going to turn it into a blogging site. It can be about, uh, like a big blog. Right. And, uh, it's going to, it's going to have, a, we're going to have some more wallpapers and scans and stuff like that. Right. All right. And also, let's move on to Morbius. You're, you're thinking about going into the online realm, but not with a Spidey angle, with a Midnight, uh, Suns angle, correct? Yeah, I have, um, I have given it some thought, um. Yeah. I'm thinking just because I love all these old Midnight Suns titles and 
it's really hard to follow a lot of these characters into what they're doing now, what they've done since the Midnight Suns ended, and I don't see really a good resource for that kind of stuff online. So it it would take a while for me to get going with it, but uh, but I am considering doing that. Yeah. Okay. Give me a yeah. review site, maybe some bios and stuff. Yeah. What, what's your goal to look for? We should look for it. Oh, uh, honestly, there's, I'm not to that point yet. At this point, the <laughs> concept I'm tossing around. Okay. All right, uh, I guess my turn. I'll, I'll talk a bit about the origins of the crawl space. It went online in 1998, kind of like Eric did, with uh, the, on GeoCities. And uh, basically, I just wanted to uh, see what website ma- web mastering was like. And I just was goofing around and found GeoCities and signed up with those guys. And I think, sadly, one of my first images I put up, all the site consisted of, was the cover of Chapter One by John Byrne. So I apologize to all the fans. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's pretty much what the site was, and it's kind of grown. I, I think in 99 or 2000, I bought the domain name Spider-Man Crawl Space. And the origin for the name of the site came from, if you look at the letter pages of uh, the Todd McFarlane run and the, uh, just not amazing, but regular Spider-Man, the, the uh, name of the letter pages on the Spider-Man title was called the Crawl Space. And I just loved that logo that he had. Todd McFarlane did in the crawl space, so I I scanned that and just put Spider-Man in front of it, and that is how the origin came about for the Spider-Man crawl space. And um, guys, we all went online at least I think 98, 99, 2000 mm-hmm. within the last couple of years. So it's it's funny how we all started getting online at the same time. <laughs> all right, guys, let's move on to the next topic. Thanks for that one. Uh, we're we're going to talk a bit about the they've named a new uh, artist on Ultimate Spider-Man. And I'm going to stumble on this name, but it's Stuart Amon... Oh, help me out, guys. How do you say it last Eminem. name? Eminem. Eminem. Stuart Eminem. It's actually much easier to spell than you all have been spelling it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I put like 14 O's and M's in that last name when I was talking Oh, yeah, they're just popping up beside O's and extra M's. And stuff. I don't even know what's going on. Stuart, if you don't know, is uh, was the artist on uh, Warren Ellis' Next Wave. And what's your thoughts on it, Eric? You want to... Talk a bit about uh, the new artist take, uh, replacing Vaguely. Yeah, I think anybody who takes the artist job from this title is going to be, they're, they're not going to live up to what Bagley did. Yeah. Unless Dipto came back, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I, I honestly don't, I don't like the artwork on X-Wave. Um, he does have some, he's very little Spider-Man experience. He's done Spider-Man Unlimited number six. That's about it in his... Uh, in his history, I like his stuff on Ultimate Fantastic Four. So he has some Ultimate experience, yeah. but I just think he's uh, Mark. Ba- the bottom line is Mark Bagley's just going to be a very hard person to replace. Right. That's especially, I just. Especially after I hope it's after the Mysterio uh, storyline. Sorry. If, I'm sorry. Especially after 110 issues, it's going to be hard to replace him. But what were you oh, saying yeah, about Mysterio? Yeah. yeah. What were you saying about Mysterio or something? Yeah, there's supposed to be a Mysterio storyline coming up. Mysterio is my favorite villain. Well, one of my favorite villains. I just, I hope Bagley does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jr., your thoughts on Bagley uh, leaving and uh, Stewart coming on? I'm just gonna call him Stewart from now on. <laughs> <laughs> like the mouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The mouse is replacing. Jr., what's your thoughts? Okay, to me, it, it was pretty irrelevant because I ditched um, Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, after the uh, Harry Hobgoblin arc, um, I would have ditched it after the Gwen Stacy Carnage arc, 
but uh, I was, you know, hanging out for a go- uh, hanging on for a goblin story. Um, you know, Ultimate to me jumped the shark a long time ago, and I dropped the title. So, you know, they could get, uh, you know, they could get, uh, well, John Byrne in there, and I, you know, I wouldn't care. Um, but, uh, but Bagley, I mean, Bagley's art, kind of to, to pick up on that thread, I mean, he's defined that title, I think, more so than anything else. I mean, when you think of, you know, well, what's the difference between, you know, regular universe Spider-Man and ultimate Spider-Man, and the first thing I think about is Bagley's version, Bagley's art, because that's the one you see on all the, a lot of the licensing and things like that, so, I think that um, you know that if you know if Ultimate survives, which it probably will, it still sells relatively well. You know, I think uh, you know I think it may may suffer more from the loss of Bagley than Bendis. But right, yeah. more. What's your thoughts on Stewart replacing? Uh, I'm I'm pretty receptive to it actually. Um, you know, kind of like Jr. I ditched the title several times actually, but uh, I picked it up again for the Morbius arc because I wanted to see that, and I'm actually really enjoying the Clone Saga right now, so I'm going to stick with it for a while. So I will see this new artist, but uh, I'm really actually not a big fan of Bagley's work on the title, to be honest. I've, his superheroes and everything are okay. I really like his version of Morbius, but um, the faces he draws for, especially the teenagers with the big old noses and everything, I just really hate. So I'm, I'm not sad to see him go okay. at all. Um, I don't. I'm not that familiar with Stuart Eminem's work. I wasn't a big fan of what I saw on Next Wave, but. Uh, some of the stuff he did for Ultimate X-Men looked pretty good, so I'll, I'll give him a shot. I think he might be pretty good. All right, Spidey Dude, what's your thoughts? Um, I'm reserving thought until I see the issue or see some preview art. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I won't say anything about it until I actually see him actually draw. So, you know, his, his, he may alter his style a bit. I didn't like his next wave stuff, so mm-hmm. um, well, I'm kind of reserving... I never read Judgment. the Next Wave title, uh, but I did read uh, Stewart's run on Ultimate Fantastic Four, and what, wasn't a big fan. But you know what? Uh, I'm gonna—I I agree with you. I'm gonna wait until I actually see the issue and and comment. But um, I wasn't—I mean, it's gonna be—he's gonna be big shoes to fill. I mean, Bagley or Bagley uh, was on Amazing for so long, and, and uh, he was on Ultimate so long. He's an underrated artist, in my opinion. I hope he, he, when he moves on, he goes on to something that is get him some headlines and, and be like a top ten wizard artist if that means anything at all. <laughs> so, but I, I agree, he's going to be hard shoes to fill. But I still, I've been with the uh, comics since issue one, so I'm going to be buying it, whoever's on it, if I still enjoy it, I guess. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to, I guess this is the interactive part of the podcast. Uh, we put up a thread on the SpidermanCrawlspace.com message board and ask people for questions that they want us to talk about. So let's start off with, uh, his name is Spider. He's a regular on the message board. And he says, I'd like to know who you guys would like to see do art for a Spider title, or write for one, uh, or who would art, who would draw it, or who would write it, you'd like to see. I mentioned before he'd like to see Michael Turner of Witchblade fame do some stuff. So whoever wants to start first, who would you like to see uh, on a Spider title? Well, I'll jump on that. Okay. Um, I'd say first choice for me, if I could get it, would be Mike Choi. Uh, guy that's also famous for Witchblade, actually, no coincidence there. But uh, he's he's about to do a uh, miniseries with Marvel, X-23, I think it's called The Target. I'm not a big X-23 fan, but if you look at this man's art and any uh, anything you can find online that he's done for Witchblade, his art is just beautiful. I think he would make a really great fit. 
for a Spider-Man title. Um, yeah. I'd love to see it. And if I could get any writer, mm-hmm. I'd probably be... I'd love to see either Neil Gaiman or Ed Brubaker take a shot at Spider-Man. I think yeah. either of those would be fantastic. Eric, who's your thoughts? Who would, who would be a good writer and artist on a future Spider title? I I honestly don't have anybody that stands out besides Michael Turner, who you know I, I guess a lot of people agree with. Uh yeah, you know, I guess I'm showing my age again, but I'd love to see Steve Ditko back <laughs> for yeah. just one issue. Even I don't know if it's doable. Uh, the people in the offices of Marvel know pro- probably know how. Uh, I don't know what the word is impossible. For, right. You know to set that up. So I'd love Bendis- to see that just one see- more time. Yeah, I you know, think I heard I, on the Bendis board that Bendis was trying to talk to Ditko. Yeah, and nothing ever came of it. Well, I've known I know some other people who have contacted him, went to his office. Uh, I won't go into much detail, but the, the man he, he's approachable, but he's not very I don't know the word talkative. Right. Right. He's not very willing to talk about Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah. Is there a writer that you'd like to see on the title? What was that? Was there is there a writer out there that you'd like to see tackle Spidey? Mm, oh, Dan Scott. Yeah, that'd be good. His She-Hulk stuff strong. Oh, that, that Spider-Man Human Torch miniseries. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, that was probably one of the best things to come out in years, in, in my opinion. I think he should be given a shot. I agree. Definitely. Jr., what's what's your thoughts, writer and artist? Well, I kind of got a two-for-one deal there. Um, I, I'd like to see uh, a fellow by the name of Lee Weeks uh, get a shot at it. Uh, he did a. Um, miniseries, uh, which is my favorite miniseries, actually, and the ones that have been released over the last several years called Death and Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a uh, originally planned to be uh, a, a three-parter for uh, Web Spinners, and when that title was canned, it got its own um, own um, uh, own miniseries run. And it basically it kind of interweaves within the events after the death of Captain Stacy. And uh, I just I like the story very much. Uh, I like the art. Uh, Weeks also did um, the art for Mysterio Manifesto, which was not a particularly good story. But, but it, you know, and, and I'm actually one of the worst people to talk to art about because, um, you know, I just I, you know I can't draw even with a straight edge, and I, I mostly know what I don't like. You know, and, and like a Humberto Ramos comes to mind. I know I don't oh, like God. that. Oh, but uh, but uh, Lee, I'd like to see Lee Weeks get a, get a shot. You know, maybe over twelve issues. See what he can do. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of my pick. He's, he's a very underrated artist. I like his stuff a lot too. D- didn't uh, he do Daredevil, Spider Man? Uh, there was a four issue miniseries with the Alex Ross covers. I think he did. Did, did he? Do I that? think that Weeks no. did the interiors on that. That was no, very that, good. That was a guy by the name of Phil Winslade. Oh, oh that's no. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, he's and that was actually. <laughs> You make an interesting point because that was that was really good too, uh, because he made like I, I think I wrote he made a guy a, a, a tacky villain like the stilt man actually look scary. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that, he, that that one image all is. is and he uh, gave very Spidey scary. a very wiry, spidery. I mean, I agree that that's a good one too. <laughs> cool. Um, more or is it more? Have we not hit you yet? I was the first. Oh, okay, Spidey, Spidey did. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> Really, Lee, uh, I've already pretty much been in dance a lot, and I'm going to give kudos to him. I wouldn't mind seeing DeFalco come back for, for maybe a run or, or music. Um, but he, I know he's doing stuff with DC, so that's kind of impossible right now. Um, who, who, uh, who was the guy that wrote, um, Infinite Crisis? And, uh, Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. 
Who's that? Jeff, Jeff Johns, yeah. The, what was the That's a title? Infinite Crisis? Uh, yeah, Infinite Crisis, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, want, I would like to see him probably tackle one. I, I, I hear nothing but good things about him, so I wouldn't mind seeing him tackle it. My opinion, I, I agree with most everything that's been said. I, I think Dan Slott was one of the strongest new guys that's ever hit one out of the park right off the bat, so I think Slott should be given a chance, at least on Amazing or something. And for artists that uh, should ta- that should tackle Spider-Man, I think, I really don't know. <laughs> but I, I know the two that I want to see come back, which are Todd McFarlane, who I was a big fan of his. That ain't happening. I know it's not happening. That ain't this happening. Or in the infinite Marvel world or whatever. If I pulled the strings, I'd love to see McFarlane come back and at least do one issue or something because us fans have waited a long time to see him draw something. Also, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought, but uh, McFarlane, oh, and Ditko. Of course, how can I forget Ditko? I'd love to see Ditko do at least one more issue. Maybe like a four-issue miniseries. Yeah, what's Spider-Man. what's the likelihood of Ditko and McFarlane doing a <laughs> <laughs> series together, huh? <laughs> uh, how about we do it Spider-Man Crap That'll Never Happen title, four issues. Todd <laughs> <laughs> McFarlane, Steve Ditko, and who else would fill out the issues? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But John Byrne? John Byrne? John Byrne would do, be issue three. <laughs> Byrne was rumored to be, be back on uh, Ultimate for a while there. Yeah, I... I I'll believe that when I see it. I, I think it's going to be a long time before Byrne comes back. No, I agree. So, yeah. yeah, that's why it's just a rumor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, we're moving on to the next thread on the message board by Effin Spider-Man, who loves to listen to this podcast in his truck, so thank you, Effin Spider-Man, <laughs> for that. <laughs> his yeah, question yeah. is, what about a segment on top-selling back issues of Spider-Man or hard-to-find back issues of Spider-Man that others might be looking for to add to their collection? Now, Eric, you're you're a power eBayer, power seller on eBay. So, what's what's some hot stuff going these days? Uh, when somebody says hard to find Spider-Man issues, there's no such thing. Right. The Spider-Man going back to the Silver Age, they're very, very, they're, they exist. They're very abundant, but the it's it's basically the the laws of uh, power and supply. They're, both are large. Mm-hmm. So while the 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 people out there who want to collect a title is very, very large. The supply is also very large. Mm-hmm. So it's everything's all relative. Talking about that, you get into the promo comics, the promotional comics. Right. Then you have uh, certain collectors. The variants. There's 35 cent variants from the uh, 1970s, which are deemed to be one of the most hard to find issues. It was around 169, 170, 171, 172, and 173 of Amazing Spider-Man. There was 35 cent variants, yeah. and they could go upwards over $100 each. There was also a Star Wars number one variant of 35 cents, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they were treated differently. They're, they came in bags, and they're, that, that's another collecting problem all in itself. Oh, don't, don't get started with the bags and the green variants and what the... <laughs> well, they're Whitman variants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fellas, whoever wants to hop in, what do you think of some rare, or you see the value going up of certain Spider titles? Well, from my own personal experience, um, I was out of the the collecting business for a long time. And uh, then when I got a a job, and it kind of helped to have a job and have money. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, got a little bit settled. Um, I still like collect Spider-Man. Basically, it's still, you know, with a wife and two kids and a mortgage is economics. But when I tried to fill in my gaps, the ones I had the hardest time 
not finding but paying for was the McFarland Amazing Issues because I'm really? I'm a cheap SOB. <laughs> oh, and, that's what I see. And I just, you know, it was like I would see, you know, a lot of them, you know, fairly cheap, a lot of other titles, and then it's like all of a sudden it goes from like a buck and a half to a McFarland five or six dollars. Mm-hmm. And on principle, I refused to buy them until the la- the last ones I needed were the McFarland issues. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, I'll never forgive the man because he hurt my pocketbook the most. <laughs> uh, the um, the one that surprises me as far as value uh, again, it's, it's that uh, amazing number three hundred, which I'm glad I bought when I off off the racks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. uh, that that seems to be going for. Uh, an ungodly amount of money. That's uh, impossible right now. Yeah. It's impossible, I, even I low grade. It, I bought two issues of those off the rack, and I'm glad I did. It, well, it's going for a couple, uh, at least 100 200 I think, these days. So, how much? It, well, how oh, high grade. Somebody's selling them for 500 Oh, they are. I didn't There's some people, they're ultra high grade. Uh, the Spider-Man 300 is very hard to find in true high grade because of the back cover ha- is black, and sometimes right. the wrap goes to the front, and ex- any black cover exposes any the slightest of spine stress wow. on a book. So you might see a front of a Spider-Man 300. It might look nice, right. but you look to the back where it's, <laughs> where it's black. There, it's not near mint. Anybody looking to buy one of them, check the back cover. Right. All right, Morbin Spider, any thoughts? No, I'm way out of my depth here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I think the quote of the podcast tonight is, "I I will never blame, I will never forgive McFarlane for hurting my pocketbook." I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite quote so far. All right, we're moving on to Spidey four eighteen. Uh, is his handle from the message board? He says, "How about the top three trade paperbacks that a newcomer would be interested in to get interested in Spider Man?" Uh, more, or Spidey dude, we'll hit you guys first since uh, we didn't talk to you last time. What's what's some uh, trade paperbacks to start on? Uh, I would I would recommend probably the uh, anything relating to a goblin. <laughs> I can't name any specific ones, but anything related to a goblin, um, I would I would pick up the essentials are absolutely essential. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but I mean I mean there's anything either that or masterworks. Those are the trades you have to pick up. And then I would pick up maybe some of the more recent trades like. Uh, um, uh, any of the trades that JMS has done, like quote unquote best of <clears throat> Spider-Man, um, <laughs> uh, that's that's a matter of opinion. Um, yeah. I know Morbius will disagree well, with me Morbius on that. Morbius will uh, jump all over you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Morbius um, and some, oh, I'm sorry, Spider. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. Uh, that, that was pretty much all I was going to say. <laughs> okay, more, more. What's your thoughts oh. on some newbie stuff people can pick up? Well, uh, see, the actual verbiage here is three trade paperbacks. So if I was gonna, if I was gonna recommend to somebody new to Spider-Man, three trade paperbacks that would get them, you know, a decent idea of what things are. I'd say start out with Essential Volume One, absolutely, because you need to know where it came from. Uh, then read the death of Gwen Stacy, because that's like the most defining moment in his entire career. If you don't know about that, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say Coming Home, which was the first JMS and John Romita Jr. arc because that basically sets the stage for where a lot of the modern stuff is being written off of so it's kind of it's kind of important mm-hmm. uh, JR your thoughts how to start uh, a newbie on Spider-Man uh, well I, I'd, I'd echo with the essentials uh, I would uh, the first three volumes of the essentials I think are 
you know, if, if you're wanting to know, you know, get somebody into Spider-Man, I mean, that's the early lead, Ditko, Lee Romita stuff, and I think that's where Stan uh, was at the top of his game. I think after about 60, 65, he just kind of ran out of gas and started repeating himself. But, but that takes Peter through high school, you know, the origins of all of his villains, uh, the introduction of all of his major supporting cast. Uh, so, I mean, I think those are, you know, and you can pick up three of them for less than 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, as far as one of my favorites is one that's probably out of print. It's uh, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin. Again, to echo the mentioning the Goblin, uh, it was released in '95, and it's got the drug issues, the deaths of Gwen and Norman, and then uh, it caps off with the uh, the death of Harry in uh, Spectacular Number uh, 200. Yeah. Um, so that one, I, I'm surprised that didn't get reprinted when um, the first movie came out. And uh, then my last one would be uh, actually Slop Spidey Human Torch, because yeah. that thing is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, and that, is uh, that that captures the humor. Uh, I think, you know, I think he captured the humor in Spider-Man probably a lot better than, you know, a lot of, you know, most others in recent memory. So so those would be my picks. Eric, what's your picks for uh, the Spidey newbie? Uh, I'm not a really a big trade paperback person, other other than... Uh, I usually you can, you, can, you can name some issues if you want. Yeah, I usually people email me asking just to go with the essentials, but then a uh, short period of time later they write back and say, "Why didn't you tell me they were in black and white?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> so if you're willing to put up with black and white issues, then they're very cheap. They're very and they're still obviously good reading. I would also go with I don't know if it exists. Also, the uh, death of uh, Captain Jean DeWolf. That storyline, which was in Spectacular Spider-Man 107 through 110, uh, and I also agree with the the Human Torch Spider-Man miniseries right. uh, for one of the modern ones. I, I think we should email Dan Slot and tell him how much he's loved here. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I loved his stuff too. It was it's awesome. I'll, I'll hit uh, three issues uh, uh, that I like. Uh, one I, I don't think people talk about much is Amazing Spider-Man. Number 267, it's a Peter David written issue, or oh. Spider-Man stuck in the suburbs with no skyscrapers to swing around in. <laughs> I just love that. That's one of my all-time favorite issues. 267, um, I, everybody names this one, but it's still, even when I was a little kid, it, it touched me with uh, the kid who collected Spider-Man from Amazing Spider-Man 248. That's a great issue, if you haven't read that one. And I guess for the newbie... Um, you know, I agree with Eric. You know, a lot of people will be turned off by those black and white essentials. So I always direct them at with Ultimate Spider-Man, the first trade paperback, you know. that It's written for them. If it's like a teenager you're trying to turn on to Spider-Man, that, that probably will pique his interest, I think, the most. And then he'll probably want to go back and read, like, the beginning and origins if he's really enamored with Spidey. So that's my three recommendations. So, All right, we'll move on to another question. This one's from Spidercraft. He says, you guys should do one focused on Black Cat and Spider-Man, especially with the increase in well-handled interest in what her, with her claws and Heroes for Hire. So, thoughts on Black Cat. Who wants to take it? JR, you want to take it? Yeah, I, uh, I like Felicia. Um, yeah. I think she makes a, uh, uh, an appropriate bad girl. Um, I, I do believe that uh, you need, uh, you know, if, if you're going to insist on your hero being surrounded by good-looking women, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess... We, we can't argue too much, although then the writers, you know, always complain about, 
well, you know, he's out of the reach, like I mentioned with Mary Jane earlier, you know, but they never seem to, to avoid showering him with good-looking women. But I think you need a good girl and a bad girl, Betty and Veronica, and uh, I think Felicia makes a great bad girl. And I just, I hope they keep her morally ambiguous, kind of like she was in Mark Millar's 12-issue uh, run on Marvel Night Spidey. I don't like it when she's a good guy, when she's a detective and she's, you know, trying to, you know, help be a Robin Hood-type character. I, I, I kind of like her to ha- be... You know, just there on the edge of uh, of, of ethics and morality. So, right. what, what was your thoughts on uh, the Kevin Smith six issue run? What's um, it took you three <laughs> years to read it, but <laughs> um, I, you know, the um, I like the first two or three issues, except basically the the, the first part uh, before he took his sabbatical. Uh, except I, I I couldn't see her knocking Spidey down and and webbing him up. That was just ridiculous. Uh, I did like that, but then uh, when Smith came back with the last three issues, I thought they were garbage. So yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yeah, Eric, what's, you're, you're on the same page. What do you think? Yeah, I agree exactly what he said with the the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just thought it was atrocious. Mm-hmm. The last couple issues, but it, it began very good. Yeah. They were, and I really have no comment on the last issue. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think. Black Hat overall, I'd like to see a writer come out and try to remove her from the Spider-Verse in, in a sense, where give her her own supporting cast, a set of villains, try to remove her from, you know, Spider- Spider-Man's uh, universe. Yeah. That's, I think she's they, a strong enough character to warrant her own book, and well, could, uh, somebody could do that. A, a lot of people view her as a Catwoman ripoff. Yeah. That's the only thing. And try to remove her from there, so it was it wouldn't be like Batman's Catwoman, Spider-Man's, you know. Right. Well, it could be any worse than the Halle Berry movie. So <laughs> I haven't no. seen that. <laughs> oh man, you're not missing much. Although it's a good movie to watch on. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> More, what's your thoughts? Well, uh, Jr. absolutely said it on the Kevin Smith series. That for the ending we got, I would have rather he just left it mm-hmm. <laughs> because the last three issues were bad but um and i agree also that i i think about my favorite thing i've seen around in the past couple of years was uh mark miller's marvel knight spider-man i thought he did a great job with her Mm -hmm. um i gotta kind of disagree with uh our poster spider craft on here about the really well handled stuff lately because uh claws (laughs) gotta admit i didn't actually read much of it, but that was because my eyes actually started to bleed when I looked at the art. <laughs> it, it, it was god awful, <laughs> and I could not look at that book. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I just completed Claws. I was a sucker and bought all three issues, and man, what the heck were they thinking? That was awful. Yeah, you had five minutes to read it. <laughs> you what? You had five minutes to read it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to go to the bathroom, and I used I know. To, I ran out of paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right, Spidey Dude, follow that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, just to follow that, that that last comment, you know, you did have the uh, the Hulk, Spider-Man toilet paper, and it, you're saying yeah. something about like Burns, Chapter 1, you know, that this is a replacement for that. Um, yeah. But anyway, getting get the black cat. I, you know, I didn't read Claws. I'm not reading Heroes for Hire. Um, I, I, I have to agree. I think it was Jr. that said that she should be morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. 
she, she's, you know, to be a detective and be a reformed villain, that, that's just everybody. It seems like everybody and their dog has become a reformed villain. I think that was the whole <laughs> point of Thunderbolts, you know. Uh, but I think if she's still morally ambiguous, she's a much better, much more interesting character than, oh, I just, you know, decided because I love Peter that I'm going to be a hero now. And I just, eh, it, I'm still a Mary Jane fan, so. No love law for, for the black cat. <laughs> I hear you. All right, we're moving on to Venom 65437's question about the best and worst moments in Spidey history. Eric, we haven't heard yours. We kind of hit this one on the last podcast, but Eric, what's your thoughts on the best and worst moments in Spidey history? The, the best moments to me, personally, were... The best and worst moments were very close together. I think JR hit this last last podcast, like you said. Uh, I agree that the Spider-Man around issue 206 to before the the, uh, the Hobgoblin saga began was possibly the worst era in Spider-Man history. Uh, but before that, the burglar, I always have... That's, that's always been my favorite story when he came back and supposedly died in issue 200. That, that will always remain my favorite story. But I don't know what the heck happened between 206 and... 220 something. Right. It was as if nothing happened. It had the Submariner in there and it had uh, yeah. Sandman and Hydro Man. I remember that. Yeah. Well, the only one good thing. Well, he introduced Hydro Man, which is possibly the only thing that remains to this day that was introduced in that. And that, he's just a copy of Sandman, <laughs> only with one. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, you want to hit anything else about what's some uh, best moments that. How about we do it from this angle? Some moments that aren't recognized very much. Uh, much as uh, a great era in Spider-Man history. Oh, I'll go first. Things okay. how are uh, my and this is just because of my personal preferences that I love the Clone Saga. I really enjoyed as much as people hated Ben Riley being Spider-Man, but really from the top that Jurgens had his had his uh, six issues was sensational. Um, through, through, yeah, really, that, that like six to eight month period was just a great time. Not not because of the subplot of the Clone Saga, just be, just to read Spider Man. It, it felt like he was Spider Man again after all the stuff that had happened previous. And so that was just kind of like a refresher. It was kind of like a breath of fresh air with Ben being Spidey and and using not only not only Spidey's own but his own. I mean, Kane came back in that in that era. Um, you know, you had the onslaught stuff, so, you know, everything was pushed back. You had the Blood Brothers was single-handedly the best arc uh, in the Clone Saga. I I think, personally, even better than Revelations. Um, so, you had, that was a pretty good time to be a spider. I mean, they were really pulling out all the stops and really pushing it and really trying to get a, push it to the finish line. And, of course, it got pushed back, you know, three months, but, you know. Yeah. Eric, I was talking to you last night how Spidey Dude is a big fan of the Clone Saga. You were saying yeah. you know, that was that was one of the peaks of Spider-Man because it sold a lot of issues at, during well, the time. Well, that's the thing. For, for all the bad press uh, that the Clone Saga gets, I mean, I get a lot of people writing about it. They love it. The back issues sell very, very well. Uh, specifically, the one, like I was saying to you last night, the, the beginning of the Clone Saga and the end of the Clone Saga are to me, I, I thought they were very good. It was just it, 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 the middle just rambled on too much. Right. But they 
there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of um, there's a, a lot of people who want those back issues. Yeah, you know they they hasn't collected them. You know, well, that's the thing. That that is one of the questions that get asked more than any other question. Can they collect that into a neat little trade paperback? Hmm. It'd be almost impossible. It'd be humongous. It'd be like bigger than a telephone book. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, know, you know they could do it in, in segments. I would think, but that it, it's it, it's just it's ripped apart by other creators. Mm-hmm. Yet they they optimized it recently. Yeah. Uh, it, it's to me it's one of the underappreciated errors, right. except for the middle, which has gone on way too long. I agree. Jr., your thoughts on Clone Saga underrated arcs? Anything in general. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about as far as the Clone Saga. Uh, you know, I I, I I dropped Spider-Man as a result of what went on during the Clone Saga. I mean, basically, but I always burned stole the issues because I figured they were going to reverse it, and I wanted to be there when they did. Uh-huh. One of these days, you know, when my life settles down, and I'm, I'm going to write about the Clone Saga. In fact, when I went back and you know restocked my back issues, that was the very first thing uh, I completed. Was be, one because they were relatively cheap, uh, but two because you know the story was was long over. Uh, you know I was no longer offended by it, <laughs> so I could I could sit and read it. But I've never really sat and kind of read it, you know, big beginning to end. Uh, but one of these days I will. Um, as far as um, you need like a flow chart to read it, I imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you probably need a flow chart to understand which issue comes which. Day, right? Well, yeah, order. probably. I mean, and, and we, yeah. you know, they just, you know, they completely mishandled it. Um, but you know, I, I really can't say anything that hadn't been said, you know, before. Uh, one of my worst moments. I know you guys really had to drag out of me why I hated that uh, two-part Green Goblin stories after, after the reboot. <laughs> but but I would say really one of the worst events uh, was what I alluded to earlier: the quote-unquote death of Mary Jane. Uh, in volume two, number 13, because the title just, I mean, the, the gloom that settled in over that title, it was became unreadable. Uh, it was unlike the death of Gwen, where, which was a sad moment, but Peter still had a support network. You know, he still had MJ, uh, Flash, Aunt May. Of course, Harry was kind of wigging out, but, you know, there, there just wasn't this, like, everybody abandoning, you know, like he farted in the bathtub or something, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like, you know, you know, we didn't hear from Felicia, we didn't hear from Murdoch, you know. Uh, Robbie was the only one who offered him any help. Uh, he didn't stay with Aunt May, which, I mean, if I lost everything, I would be heading back home to my mom with my tail tucked between my legs. None of it made any sense. It was just a gloomy, dreary period, and it started, really started with the death of Mary Jane. Um, the best moments, um, I would, you know, I, I really can't touch on anything that no one else has hit. I think the death of Gwen Stacy, beyond the fact that, it, you know, I think that one reason that's the best moment is because that put Spider-Man in the, you know, I mean, it's one of the greatest moments in comics history. And uh, whether or not you really like the story, I mean, for some it's the defining I- end of the Silver Age. You know, and it just kind of puts Spider-Man up there, uh, you know, in one of the, you know, I think he put, puts him up, firmly established him as part of a modern Mer- American mythology. So that, uh, you know, so that's kind of my picks. Okay. A couple, I'll, I'll do a little variation of the question, uh, from my opinion, about, I think two underrated artists in the Spider-Man run are uh, Sal Buscema, who had, I guess, how many issue run? A hundred plus on... 189. Wow. On, he's one of the top artists. Yeah. On spectacular, I think he was very underrated. He was uh, dedicated, 
it seems like the guys who are dedicated, like Begley and everybody that go for 100-plus issues, don't get recognized. Also, I think an underrated artist uh, in the Spider-Man mythos is uh, Alex Savick, I think is how you say his name. He did Web of Spider-Man from, like, number 38, I think, until... A hundred plus, so I think he's... He's, in, he's the, in the dailies now, I think. Yeah, he's in the Sunday strip on, yeah. uh, with Stan Lee, so... He's a great... He, he draws a great Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's two of my underrated. Uh, worst moments, I, I didn't care for the reboot where they dropped the, fu- uh, the numbering for Amazing and start over with Burn and Mackie. I, I think it, it just didn't work. Well, uh, what I never understood was why they went with Peter Parker Spider-Man instead of Spectacular, because Spectacular had a lot more history behind the name. I mean, it was always known as the sister title mm-hmm. to it, Amazing. It was, I, it was strictly sales. Yeah, yeah. Spectacular. Those were the Amazing and Peter Parker were one and two, and I think Spectacular and then Sensational were three and four, so they just lopped off the bottom two. Yeah, mm. I was disappointed uh, when Spectacular got canceled the second time. Yeah. You know. Because I kind of wanted that title to go on, but uh, they dropped it for a Marvel Knights Spider-Man. So, and now it's not even Marvel Knights Spider-Man; it's a Sensational Spider-Man. So, again, <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a flowchart <laughs> to keep up with this stuff. <laughs> All right, guys, we're about 56 minutes into the podcast, so let's wrap it up a bit. Uh, Jr., you have any? Rec- we'll do the, uh, the regular recommendations part. Which, what are you reading this month, or what you want others to read? So, Jr., what do you? Uh, what I uh, what I find interesting is uh, there's a uh, series written by Chuck Rosansky who owns Mile High Comics. Uh, it's on his uh, website. It's called Tales from the Database. And those of uh, you know, like I said, I've you know done some research because I had to at least pretend I knew what I was talking about. Uh, and he talks about the history of the direct market, uh, how that got started, and also how the um, you know the speculator cra- uh, crash in the 90s. And you know, if you want to know. Really, the the forces that have, that drove com- that have that drive comics even to this day, uh, I think that's essential reading. Um, and uh, I actually saw the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and I was pleasantly surprised with it. Uh, nothing will take the heart in place of my heart of the original, but uh, if you're going to remake something, uh, I, I think they actually did a pretty good job with it. Cool, Spidey dude. Recommendations this month. Uh, really, I don't have any recommendations, to be honest with you. I've been just named <laughs> nothing. Well, because, uh, well, I could say Spider-Girl, but I've said Spider-Girl for every single podcast. So, yeah, you, I'm trying you were, to... You were be, glowing in your review this month. <laughs> uh, I was glowing in the review. I was, yeah. oh, the, the the title was just everything I expected and more, and I, I was like, this is exactly how you relaunch a title, and you, you take the feel of the old one and just go with it. So, yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. And I love that cover that Ron Friends did for the Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Girl number one. That was, that was great. Oh, that cover was great. Yeah. Uh, more uh, recommendations this month? Yeah. Um, one that actually I think I had just assumed that everybody was reading, but I realized maybe some people are missing, is uh, The Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's written by Neil Gaiman, drawn by John Romita Jr. Um, and it's just a really great title. He's doing a lot for these characters that haven't been around in a long time. There's an amazing atmosphere to the whole thing. And he's really tying it into modern continuity, so I recommend everybody read that. And um, one DVD I have to recommend against. I want to warn our <laughs> listeners from watching. I rented The Machinist yeah. last week, right. which uh, is a Christian Bale movie about a guy that hasn't slept in a year and he's seen all these weird things, and I thought it looked pretty cool. Do not ever rent that. Don't watch it. Stay clear of it for dear life. It was... Awful. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Instead of two thumbs up, it's one finger up. From <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Eric, what's your recommendations well, this month? Oh, uh, I have a movie. I, I, I was talking about this to you about this last night. Uh-huh. It's, it is it's Spider-Man related in a sense. It's more for the old timers, I guess. Right. It's a movie from 1949. If anybody has Netflix or Blockbuster, uh, they could probably get this relatively easy without much of a wait. It's called The Fountainhead, 1949. Uh, it was originally written by Anne Ayn Rand. Uh, anybody who's a Steve Ditko fan might be very interested in watching this movie. Uh, there's a character in the movie, he's an architect. His name is Howard Rourke. He's played by Gary Cooper. And you'll see a lot of, uh, of the hows and why that Steve Ditko was heavily in, inspired by their, uh, philosophies or views of objectivism, uh, basically created by Ayn Rand, the, uh, writer of The Fountainhead and also Atlas Shrugged, which is being made into a movie in, for 2008 right now. And supposedly supposed to have Angelina Jolie, and they're rumored to have Brad Pitt, which they really should not be in a movie together. But, <laughs> but this yeah. this movie, I I could really suggest anybody see this movie, The Fountainhead. They'll see a lot of, uh, I Dick guess Dicko-esque. you could say a lot of Steve Steve Ditko and Gary Cooper's character. Okay, uh, my recommendations this month. I'll go movie wise first. Uh, saw The Departed with Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio. Great movie if you're a fan of Goodfellas. Or Casino or anything Martin Scorsese. Be sure to watch that. Yeah, I love um, that movie. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that, that movie yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. And if, well, I have a recommend. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I do have a movie I don't want you to see. If you like okay. the Saw movie, go, go see Saw 3. Yeah. But if you go, if you get pissed off at Saw like I do, don't go see Saw 3. It just pisses <laughs> you off. I haven't seen any Saw. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, well, I watched them all in the in order, so it's just yeah. Uh, I've only seen Saw one, but I'm I'm anxious to see the other two. I, I kind of like the first one. I was a little like you, a little ticked off. But uh, speaking of movies, I, I don't get a dime for this, but I'll I'll give you guys a recommendation. Uh, DeepDiscountDVD.com is having their twenty percent off sale, so if you want to pick up some movies real cheap, go there and type in the code DVDTalk.com. I, I've spent way too much money there over the weekend with uh, with their sale. It's a yearly sale, so again, I don't make a dime from that, but I just want you guys to maybe go out and pick up some movies that uh, like Eric recommended, and uh, but don't pick up the Mechanic or whatever. Stay away from the Machinist. Don't buy that even at twenty percent off. Also, comic book wise, uh, we've been uh, talking his name throughout the whole show. Dan Slot, love She-Hulk, great book. Pick that up. I don't think enough people are reading. So, fellas, I, we're 102. Hopefully, F and Spider-Man won't uh, have to make three trips in his truck to listen to this <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> I want to thank everybody, especially Eric, uh, for joining us on this. No one. problem. Uh, bi- big fan of your site thank over you. the years. And it just gets better every year, so I appreciate it. So, guys, thank you again for listening to the November uh, podcast for SpiderManCrawlSpace.com. Uh, the next one's coming up in December, and I'll post a thread up on the message board, and we'll answer some of your questions, kind of like we did today. So, talk to you later, and see you guys in December.